If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, and I'll begin in verse number 1. The Lord Jesus says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us. But you go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to their marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing and privilege of being with your people again tonight. Lord, they've been a great blessing and encouragement to us even this day. And I just thank you for Christian fellowship. I thank you, Lord, for the joy of being able to know you and serve you. I pray that tonight you would speak to us through your word. I pray, Father that everything that is said and done, that you would be honored and glorified. Lord, as we heard this morning, help us to awake to righteousness. I pray, Lord, even tonight, as we look into your word, as you give us opportunity, we would take advantage of those for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, of course, as we heard about awaking to righteousness. Here in this parable, the Lord tells in Matthew chapter 25, you have the ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Five of them were awake, so to speak. Five of them were sleeping. You know, it's just a simple story, but, you know, obviously the five didn't have oil. Five of them had oil. And it reminds me of my first time to Papua New Guinea. The very, I mean, first time in the country. It was actually the first time I was ever overseas. I'd never been overseas other than the first time I went to Papua New Guinea. I got there, and the missionary I was visiting, I was with him. We had to take a trip to go up farther into the jungle. And so we got in the car, we were driving, and he turned to me without cracking a smile, dead serious. He said to me, you know, I have to remember, this was my first time ever overseas, first time in the country. He said, did you bring the brake fluid? I had no idea I was supposed to bring the brake fluid. He never told me. And to make a long story short, just let's say that story didn't end well. So after the service, you can ask me. But more often than not, things in our Christian life that could have been avoided or could have turned out better, didn't. We need to be prepared spiritually, awake spiritually. Look with me down at verse number 13. Verse number 13, the Lord Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway he took his journey. Okay, you have a man, a king, a ruler, and then he gives to each one of his servants certain part of his goods, certain parts of the kingdom, Each had an opportunity to be a steward of a certain thing. As we'll read in a few minutes, you know, to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two, to one of them he gave one. 
but they were the master's goods. He entrusted to his servants to take care of them while he was gone. It says that this fellow immediately took his journey. You know, he gave them the responsibility, and then he left. You know, as we think about our Christian lives, the Lord has entrusted to us certain responsibilities. You know, it's God's work, it's God's ministry, but he's entrusted to us a certain responsibility. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18. What is the work that the Lord has given us? What has he entrusted to us? It says in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, what has God entrusted to us? What has he given to us? The ministry of reconciliation. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. When we trusted Christ as our Savior, we're reconciled to God. But now God has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That means those that don't know God, we need to share the gospel with them that they might know God, that they might know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Look with me in verse number 14 or 15. And unto the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Okay, he gave to every man according to his what? His ability. God calls us to do certain things in our lives, and they're all different. But God gives us certain responsibilities, but God gives us the strength to do it. God's not going to call you to do something he doesn't give you the ability to do. I didn't think I'd ever have the ability to learn another language. I remember being in high school and having to take Spanish. I didn't learn a single thing. I, I didn't like Spanish one little bit, and I didn't learn a thing. But when we went to the mission field, who gave us the ability? God did. God called us, and God gave us the ability. The same thing is true in your Christian life. God's not going to ask you to do something he doesn't give you the ability to do. But it's God that equips you. It's God that enables you. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2. It says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We're stewards of what God has entrusted to us. What has God entrusted to us here in America? God has given us so many freedoms, so many resources. We have free access to the Word of God. We have free access to go to Bible college. We have free access to study. We have many resources as a country. And you know, as, as you think about the world, it wasn't because America had more natural resources than any other country. But it was because America knew God and blessed God. And God blessed us as his people. We have a responsibility for what God has entrusted to us. For what God has given to us. Look with me in verse 16. It says, Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same, and made unto them another five talents. Okay, the first thing I want us to see tonight is that God has given to each one of us gifts to serve him with. God has given you a spiritual gift, something in your life, to be a blessing to the Lord's work with that. God has entrusted something to you, and he wants you to use that for his honor and for his glory. You know, if you've had the opportunity to grow up in a Christian home or be in the church for a long time, that's a great responsibility. The word of God says, to whom much is given, much 
is required. And even in this short time we've been back in the States, I, I can't even count how many people that, you know, supposedly have been Christians 20, 30 years, long time, are totally out of the Lord's work because of sin or failure in their lives or all kinds of things. I mean, I was even talking to one of the fellows I graduated with from Bible college. And just things didn't work out in his life, got divorced, and just things just tragically ended. And, you know, for us, what God has given us, we're responsible for that. We're accountable for that. And God wants us to use what he has given to us for his honor, for his glory, for his work. You know, see, the first fellow here, he was given five talents. You know, that represents someone to whom much is given, much is entrusted to them. You know, that's true of a lot of Americans. God has given us a lot spiritually. There's been much entrusted to us. If you're a young person and you've grown up in a Christian home, God has given you great blessing, a great opportunity. But an opportunity is only an opportunity that is here sometimes and then gone. The opportunity has to be seized. It has to be taken advantage of. If you don't take advantage of the opportunity, tomorrow it might be gone. Look with me in verse 17. And likewise, he that had received two, he also had gained another two. Verse 18. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Not everyone has the same ability. Not everyone will be called to the foreign field. Not everyone will be called to become a pastor. But God wants every one of us to do something in his work. I remember being in one church one time, and in the back of the church, they had a sign-up sheet. The sign-up sheet was for the nursery. And they had a list, you know, I don't know how many people they needed, five people, six people, ten people, something like that. Guess how many people signed up? One person. But that one person that signed up, you know what they did? They crossed their name off. So there was nobody. But as you think, as you think about the Lord's work, God has given to each one of us an ability or some way we can serve. It might be a big way. It might be a little way. It might be a way that nobody else sees. It might be something nobody else notices. But who sees? God sees. And one day, we'll give an account to God. And if you're faithful with what God has given to you, you'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. God wants us to be faithful to the ability, to the talents, to the skills that he's given to us. You know, I think about one time there in Papua New Guinea, a long story, but some things happened there. It was about, we've been there for five years, so it was about two years in. Some things happened there just as um, one of the people I'd asked about other missionaries and how long they stay and those kind of things. Some things happened not the way we would have chosen. And as things progressed, it definitely wasn't going the way we would have decided. And then as things went, it wasn't going good at all. And I got a bad attitude about it. And there's, there's a big field right in front of our house there at the Bible College. It's kind of our rugby field, soccer field. And I was out late at night. I was just walking the field, praying, talking to God about it. And, you know, as I thought about it, prayed about it, I tried to give it to the Lord. But then I got frustrated. And I, it wasn't too long after that I said, well, you know, if this doesn't change, if this doesn't get fixed, I'm going to leave. Now, was that an intelligent thing to say? That was not an intelligent thing to say. That was not the right thing to say either. But you think about it. If we had left, what would that have done to the Lord's work? Would that have helped the Lord's work in Papua New Guinea at all? Not at all. I mean, and think about all these things that have happened. 
You know, everything that's happened with Kapogu, that was after that. The peace and everything in the village, the second church plant. All the Bible clubs was after that. You know, Pastor Jack, the local president at the Bible College, that was after that. You know, if we'd have left, it would have been very easy to do that. But that wasn't the right thing. Because look with me down, um, down at verse 18. It says, But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. If we had left, what would we have done with the ability God had given to us, what he had entrusted to us? We'd have hid it in the earth, and it would have brought no fruit for the Lord and for his honor and glory. And that doesn't mean that it's always easy to serve God. It doesn't mean that it's always carefree and without trials, without tribulations. But as we serve God, we need to trust him for the strength and for the ability to do what he wants us to do. Look with me down as these men give a report in verse number 19. It says, After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So this fellow had received how many talents? Five. The next person received how many? Two. Look at the end, the next verse, 22. And he that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Both of these men were faithful with what God had given them. One, he was entrusted with five. One was entrusted with two. But the Lord said the exact same thing to the person with five as he did to the person with two. The responsibilities were different. What they were given was different. But they were both faithful to do what the Lord had given them to do. Look with me in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10. The word of God says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. God gives us opportunity in our lives. As God gives us opportunity, God wants us to take advantage of them. You know, I've shared many of the different opportunities we had there in Papua New Guinea. You know, even as I mentioned earlier, but if we hadn't started the first Bible club, those other five Bible clubs wouldn't have started. And I don't know if you remember what I said or not. When I first heard about the need with the Bible club and you're asking, was I really super eager to start that Bible club? No, and that wasn't the right attitude. It was just there were so many responsibilities and so many things going on. But interestingly enough, as we started the first club, the Lord gave extra help from other local people to start, you know, help with different things, help with the students from the Bible college. Because, like, when we do the school with a 1,000 students, we break them up in about nine different classes. There was no way I could do it by myself. But I didn't know all those other people were going to come alongside and help. But God knew, and it was an opportunity but if you think about it now, we have the opportunity now to print 2,000 copies of the curriculum. If we hadn't started that first club, would we have the opportunity to distribute curriculum across the country? There's no way. And if you think about in your Christian life, what has God given to you? It might be to teach a class. It might be to witness to one person. It might be to 
clean the church. It might be to do security. There's all kinds of things God has given to us. But you're faithful in that first thing that opens the door to the next thing the Lord has for you. As you have opportunity, God wants you to do good. It might be little, it might be big, but as you have opportunity, you need to take advantage of it. Because as I said, the first thing we want to see, God has given to each one of us a gift to serve him with. What has God given to you? How can you serve God here in your local church, here in your local community, or abroad? What gifts, what talents, what skill has God given to you? As we heard this morning, we need to awake to righteousness. Then what God has given to us in our Christian lives, we need to use that. Look with me at verse 24, back to the fellow that had received one talent. It says, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strong. And I was afraid, and I went, and I hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And his Lord answered, said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming should have received mine own with interest. Take therefore the talent from him, and give unto him which hath ten talents. I remember one fella came, short term, came to the Bible college, very skilled person, just a short term missionary, very skilled. God blessed him with many, many gifts. And we could have used him in a great way at the Bible college. But he was there for a short time. Some things happened. He didn't like how it happened. He got a bad attitude and he left. And, you know, as I look back at it, as I think about it, he was far more skilled than myself in some areas. Just incredibly gifted. He could have been such a blessing. But he got a bad attitude. And what happened to his skills and abilities God had given to him? It was buried, so to speak. It was lost. And as we seek to serve God... Take, for example, in our local church, in our community, abroad, we have to keep our heart right with God. As I mentioned this morning, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks where? At the heart. And if we keep our heart right, we can serve God faithfully. When our heart goes, everything else goes. The book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it's verse 29, says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If we get a bad attitude and blow up about things, it's, so to speak, burying our talent. We have to be ever so careful. You know, as we serve God too, we have to do it with a humble spirit because it's never our ability. It's never our strength. It's as we saw this morning, by God's grace and by God's mercy. And as we serve God, we need to do what he has given us to do. We take responsibility for that and fulfill it for his honor and for his glory. You know, there's so many people in the world today that could be serving God, but they've buried their talent. They have the skills, they have the ability, they have the resources, but they haven't given it back to God. If God is working in your heart and life, if you know God has given you a skill, an ability, a talent for Him, give it to Him today. Because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how long we have to serve God. I keep hearing it time and time again for many People that have far more experience and understanding than me, but a lot of people are saying we only have about six to seven years to be able to serve in foreign countries on missionary visas. If you watch what's happening in world politics and different things that are happening, I mean, even in our little island country of Papua New Guinea, it's incredible how things have changed in five years. And, 
you just see such a shift. You know, certain countries in the world are influencing other countries, and that influence is incredible. And we might not, in 10 years, there might no longer be missionary visas granted. You know, there might be, the technology has changed so much too dramatically. We might not have the opportunity to go overseas, but while we have the chance now, we have to do that. We have to take advantage of that. Look with me down at verse number 28. The Bible says, Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him that has ten talents. Okay, the first thing we saw was God has given to each one of us a gift to serve him with. The second thing is we'll be accountable for what God has given to us. The fellow that received one talent, he buried it. It was taken from him, and it was given to the person that had ten talents. You know, one thing I've noticed just a short time in my life But as you serve God in one area of your life, that opens another door, another opportunity. I think of a friend, uh, the Lord used him in a great way. He was faithful. He had a very small business. And as he was faithful serving God, he said, the reason for my business is to support missions. He says, there's no other reason. And as he did that, the Lord grew his business. And as I was talking to him the other day, he said, I had no idea how God was going to bless the business. But as he obeyed God, as he used different missions, God grew that opportunity. And he was faithful in a little, and what did God give him? Much. The same thing is true in our lives. I mean, we all know stories. There's time and time again, many, many stories we could tell. But as you're faithful with a little bit, God entrusts you much. The person that had 10, now he got 11. But it continues. As one door is open, God will open another door. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, I read this morning about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said that he labored more abundantly than them all. As the Lord opened one door in the Apostle Paul's life, he went through it. And then God opened another door, another door. And you know, the Christian life, as you serve God, it's not easy. Sometimes they're very exhausting. I remember numerous times trying to get to Kapowu. The roads and those kind of things, one night it was about... We had just finished preaching to them. It gets light at 6.30, dark at 6.30. And so it was about 6.30. It was getting dark. And very unfortunate thing happened. Kind of like tonight, it started to rain. And I knew if I didn't get back to the car before it started to rain, there was no way I was going to get out. And so as we tried to finish the message, talk with the people, I knew I was running out of time. And so it started just a few raindrops. We tried to run down the mountain to get back to the car, but we didn't make it. The rain beat us. And it was just poured i mean just like tonight and so i made it down you know the first mountain went to go up the next mountain couldn't get up got stuck and so then it's about 7 30 i only had about three guys with me and there was no way we could pull the land cruiser i mean there just was no way and so we tried about 8 30 at night i called guys from the bible college and we were out pretty far so it took them and out another 45 minutes well somehow they didn't get the message they only brought four more guys and you can't pull a land cruiser with eight people Like I said this morning, you need 10 guys. And long story short, we were able to get, there was nobody around where we got stuck too. So there wasn't even any of the village people. But we were able to find two other guys. We got 10 people. By midnight, we were back to the house. But I mean, just exhausted. I mean, covered in mud from head to toe. And I mean, that story, countless times that happened. I remember one time we were crossing the river to go to Kapugu. And as I was walking, I was walking with Max, another fella. I'll share about him in just a moment. But as we were walking across the river, it was flooded. And Max said to me, he said, Tim, he said, you've got to walk faster. 
I said, Max, I can't walk faster. I'm going as fast as I can. He said, the river is going to sweep you away if you don't go faster. And I could feel it, literally, every step I would take. As soon as my foot went down on the sand, the sand was gone under my foot. That's how fast it was going. And, you know, there's times in the Christian life where it's easy. There's times in the Christian life where it's hard. But we need to serve God more abundantly. Give our lives wholeheartedly to God because God gives the strength. God gives what we need. Look at me down at verse number 31. Verse 31, the Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall he gather all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? Or when saw we thee a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So we have one question tonight. What will you do for God? What can you do in your Christian life, here in your local church, your local community, and worldwide evangelism? What can you do for God? You know, I think about a young boy there in the church plant. His name was Martin. And Martin was probably only about this tall. Don't know how old he is, probably nine years of age, but very sick. And he was one of the first boys to get saved. There was about four little boys that had trusted Christ as their Savior, and he was one of the first ones. Now, long story short, but his parents left the village, left him and his younger sister, Nemesia, in the village. So just can you imagine nine years of age, and you have to fend for yourself? And just incredible. And he had some other people in the village taking care of him. But when you think about drought and dry season, if there's not food, who's going to be the person that's not going to get food? It's going to be Martin. And Martin got tuberculosis, very, very sick. We were able to take Martin to the hospital back and forth. The village basically said they gave up on Martin. They said he's going to die. They said it's hopeless. But we said, no, we said, keep praying, trust God. You know, he's got to have his treatments. And God's able to take care of Martin. Martin's still alive, faithful to Sunday school today. But you think about somebody, you know, that had absolutely nothing. Everybody else gave up on him. Not a chance. But, you know, to be able to reach to him, to minister to him, who are we doing it for? For Christ. For Christ's sake. And, you know, the Word of God says, as much as you've done unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. You know, as we think about, too, the opportunity, the outreach there... You know, as we saw tonight, it says God gives us opportunity. We'd like to see a church started, you know, there in the Baina area every five years. That's what our goal is. And so, you know, we've, the first church has started, you know, five years ago. We're just about ready to build the building, Lord willing, this summer. The next church plant will probably be on the opposite side of the mountain from Kapogu. But our heart's desire is to see a church started every five years. But... 
as you think about your life, you have to have a plan. How are you going to serve God? You know, we saw we're accountable for what God has given to us, but you have to have a plan. Remember the Phil, I mentioned the businessman. He had a plan. If God would use his business, how he would use it for missions. When you have a plan, you have to follow through. If God blesses you and then you don't follow through on the plan, does God know that? He sure does. But in our Christian lives, we have to have a plan for how we're going to use the abilities God has given us. We have to have a goal, a plan. They say if you shoot at nothing, you hit it every time. And spiritually, we need to have a plan. We need to have a goal. You need to have people you're trying to reach, people you're trying to minister to. Look with me again at verse number 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you've done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. I want to share one last story and finish. But you remember the video this morning? The young man named Max. He was the one, came to the Bible college. He's graduated now. He came, he was in the program. He's now actually a Christian teacher at the academy. We started just a couple years ago there at the Bible college. But Max came from a very difficult family. His father had, I'm not sure how many wives, a polygamous situation. He had four or five. And Max was just one of the, you know, other wives' sons. You know, basically no status, no name in the village. A difficult life. His father really wanted to take care of him. He has all kinds of stories of how harsh his father was, you know, just abusing him, those kind of situations. But Max got saved. Max got saved, and he came to Bible college. And Max knew that God had given him an opportunity. He saw the rest of his family never had the opportunity to go to Bible college. But Max had the opportunity to go to Bible college. He went to Bible college, and as he was there, he began to develop a plan in his life. What could he do for God? How could he reach others? And Max was, you know, there's different people that have different gifts. And I would say Max, you know, if you had a scale of 1 to 10 and 10 being the most gifted, he was probably a 2 or a 3. But you know what he had? He had a heart, and he gave that heart to God. And as he gave that to God, God continued to bless him. There was, you know, many obstacles he faced. But he said to him, he said, you know, I really want to work with you and try to reach the children. And he went with me, you know, the first Bible clubs, he'd go with me on the outreach and Max had, you know, absolutely nothing. You know, every last dollar he had, he'd put into his education, his thing there at the school. I remember one time he was helping me. He had one pair of shoes. We were stuck one night with the Land Cruiser trying to get it out. He was pulling as hard as he could, and his one pair of shoes broke. He just picked him up, threw him into the grass. But you think about it. I mean, he had absolutely nothing. But he had a heart for God, and he gave that to God. Then as we continue to talk about the Bible class, he said, Tim, he said, you know, basically the Lord, I think, could use me in this. He said, you know, will you help me? Will you try to teach me, train me? And so I take him, he'd go with me to almost all the Bible clubs. And then, you know, obviously we had to unexpectedly come back from Papua New Guinea. And when we had to come back, I said, Lord, who's going to take over the Bible clubs? Who's going to be able to lead the Bible clubs? Who do you think took over the Bible clubs? Max. Because you see someone, he saw what God had given to him. He saw the gifts, the talents. He saw an opportunity. Then he developed a plan, and Max has been so faithful in charge of all the Bible clubs while we're gone. And God has used him not only in teaching the Bible clubs, but also encouraging the other Bible college students. And the same is true in your life. God has given to you a gift, a talent, a skill, or an ability. Use that for God. Develop a plan. Use that for God's honor, for God's glory, and God will bless abundantly. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you 
just for the blessing and privilege of being with your people. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, I thank you for your mercy and grace in my own life. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight. I pray for each and every one of us. Lord, the skills, the talents you've given to each one of us is so different. But Father, as you've given us opportunity, help us to do good to all men. Lord, help us to be able to have a plan how we're going to serve you, how we're going to use those skills here in our local church, our community, and around the world. Lord, we can't do anything without you, and we love you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.